You're listening to 4-4 Brew, and it's live, except it's not live, there's no way we're ready for that yet, but we are ready to find out what we're drinking this evening. Matt, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm drinking a Bacchus Belgian cherry beer, which should taste of wine that I bought from Tesco, I'm very excited. Interesting, that that does sound curious. Ivor? I'm drinking Carlsberg Carls Special, as I'm in Denmark, going to go through all the different types of Carlsberg, not, not going to hit special brew because I'm not homeless. This one does look quite nice. It's got a cool can, although you can't see that. James, do you want to leave your hair alone long enough for you to tell us what you're drinking this evening? Uh, sorry, I just had to fix the trim. I've got some lovely Smirnoff vodka. And I have gone for Camden Hell's uh, Lager. Now, we just have to clear up a few things from last week. I think it's all just on Van Persie. I said that his form was worse when he joined United. You all said I was wrong. And we're sort of, we're sort of both right. His, his goal season po- slapped, surely. It wasn't his, quite well, as his, good as the season oh, before, though. Yeah, overall, his goals per game was the same at Arsenal as it was at Manchester United. The only thing that went down was his assists per game. Went down uh, from 0.29 at Arsenal to 0.19. United, but goals were still the same. And Matt, you mentioned his 30-goal season. Yeah. That was actually his last yeah. season at Arsenal. His first season at Man U was 25 I have, um, or, 20, or 26. I actually have a couple of drinks to hand over to Ivor oh. for corrections that I forgot to mention go on. Uh, in the planning oh, do you meeting. Go on, then. Firstly, for him insisting <laughs> that you said Sturgio Ramos in, <laughs> oh, yeah. in uh, just 59 seconds. And secondly, he said regarding... Either you can listen back to the episode, I said <laughs> Sergio. I'm just not going to do. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> regarding Sheffield United, Ivor said... Uh, we were talking about why the five subs thing didn't make any difference, because City are still top and Sheffield are still bottom. And Ivor said, regarding Sheffield, they go out in tournaments early, um, and on recording the episode, it was the week after... They'd just played in the FA Cup quarterfinal, which I would not regard as early, even though they did go out. Oh, so no. I reckon that's probably uh, drink-worthy. Anyway. Ivor did make several other blunders that we'll, we'll get to those later in the episode. Now, as always, it's a recap of our score prediction drinking game that we post on our Instagram. It was the return of all the Prem and the European competitions because the international break was over, so we had a lot more, lot more to do and a lot more to predict. And... I think I've. I think this is the first week I've won. I only had three most wrongs. Ivor was a close second with four most wrongs, and then Matt with a spectacular fall from grace of your own, having your best ever week last week, to be joint last this week with you and James both having six most wrongs. You all make such vanilla predictions. You say that like you don't yeah, predict well, every clearly... game, Matt. I'm not seeing you predict <laughs> all three goals. Clearly, That's the whole I point clearly... of the comment, Ivor. <laughs> You must have been mad baited. All three of you got a loss for Chelsea West Brom because you all predicted the same score of 3 0 Chelsea. <laughs> I, I only wasn't with you because I predicted 2 0. You got the margin of loss to be correct, so fuck you. I think you're more wrong. <laughs> but to the, <laughs> the but, wrong but to the wrong team. We said a team would win by three goals. That's more accurate. Well, I mean, you. I'll say Chelsea would score two, which they did. Neither of you said that. I mean, I, I actually said Chelsea. I said Mason Mount was scoring did, yeah. so I think I've got I it. said Chelsea minus three, <laughs> West Brom nil, and I think that's actually the same scoreline so <laughs> now we're going to take a look at some of the most notable games of the week i think we're going to start with psg lil mm-hmm. which meant a lot to Ivor because he's the only person in the world that's invested in the league one title yeah, race if you didn't it's a great league, it's a great title league. race it's great sorry sorry the 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 uber uber eats league un eats league <laughs> uh, if you didn't watch it lil won one nil and it was 
It was mostly a pretty lacklustre game. There were quite a few chances, but not many goals, obviously. It livened up right at the end when Neymar lost his temper again and shoved Diallo down to the ground Yeah, to get a second yellow and sent off. It was stupid, really. There was no need for it. It It's not like the Diallo kicked him hard. It was just a pretty standard tackle at the end of the game. And then there was some sort of... There was a pause while there was a lot of complaining. There were a lot of people around the ref and Diallo got a second yellow as well and also sent off. I I can only assume... I can only assume it was for, like, dissent or something or for arguing with the ref because the tackle certainly wasn't worthy of a yellow uh, yeah it seemed weird uh, the name I think was definitely a second yellow but I don't know what yellow did wrong oh yeah definitely but it was unnecessary on his part either what did you make of the game as a whole as, as I, the I, only person I that loved cared? it it was great I mean it's great to see some actual exciting things happening in France for once there's a, like a charge from four clubs which is, is the only four club title race I'd say in Europe right now or all the leagues that anyone really cares about is looking very exciting, and I think I think I hope I really hope Lee will hold on. PSG did manage to bounce back though in the week against Bayern Munich with an impressive win in the Champions League. I thought could have been more impressive. I thought it was a really exciting game. I thought because the Champions League final last year was a bit of a disappointment, wasn't sure. it? One nil to Bayern. Yeah, yeah. This week's game that was this was the game that the final should have been. Yeah, definitely. It, it was great. It was again another really good game. Finally, someone exposed Bayern Munich for playing like the highest line in football, really. Like, they, they play so ridiculously Yeah, they literally did that the fucking 90th minute of the Champions League final when they were one up. I thought it was a perfect game to highlight the things we said in last week's episode about Bayern's system and um, PSG's hoping for individual brilliance because I thought there were a lot of really good individual performances yeah, from the PSG team. But they still defended solidly. The setup was tactically astute. Bayern were really strong towards the end. Sane was putting a lot of balls into the box. He just couldn't seem to find anyone. They were really good yeah, at their defending. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's disappointed me about Bayern this season is how Sane's really not doing it. Yeah, I imagine if it if it weren't for Nabry's injury, Sane would have been on the bench. Lovely. Should we bring this back to some British football? Yeah. Keep it with the Europeans. Talk about Liverpool's game. They had a yeah. mixed week. With the, I mean, they dismantled Arsenal completely and then got torn apart by Real Madrid. Yeah, people were saying they were back to their best against Arsenal or close to uh, in the aftermath of that game. But I think the the way Real Madrid took them apart with the same same Liverpool backline just showed quite how atrocious Arsenal were at the weekend Liverpool did score some good goals but I mean one of them was Arsenal's passing out from the back again that they fucked up and led to a, one of the goals I want to say the second goal Saka's injuries had a massive impact on them and what will and now not Tierney's help that yeah exactly Tierney's well. injury he's probably been really really important for Arsenal this season to get back to Liverpool, though, what did we think of their game yeah. in the week against Real Madrid? I thought they defended really poorly. I thought, what was it, two of Real Madrid's goals were scored from lovely long balls. Tony Cruz that, long that, balls, that, weren't they? Yeah, that they just didn't seem to pick up. You'd think they'd be more aware of that. Well, I mean, they picked up one of the long balls. It was just Trent picked it up very badly and <laughs> headed it back yeah. to Asensio yeah. instead of Alisson. Yeah, like you said, it highlights just how bad Arsenal were. If they could have just put a few long balls in, they probably could have won the game. Vinicius Junior was very good, I thought, for Real Madrid, though. Yeah, it was really good. What was it? He scored the first one from the long ball and the third one from the yeah. park. Yeah, yeah, good finish from for a game that's a game we want to discuss that's embarrassing for either after some of the comments he made last week was the two all Spurs yeah. Newcastle draw. How did you find Newcastle's performance? Either the most boring team well, I mean, in the league because I thought they I did think quite it still well. Still stands up just because I also didn't mention that Spurs are also alarmingly bad, and I feel actually I feel I have mentioned that. Like <laughs> right. Newcastle, yeah, we seem Newcastle to mention like... every week that we hate Jose Mourinho's style of play. Right. 
It's awful. <laughs> like the comments he made after the game were like really worrying. With the oh, it, that was that was surprising. It yeah. was funny. It was like called yeah, out I, I on the viral for not being at training, and then Spurs released images of him at training. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it was. I thought there was quite poor defending from both teams. I thought. Newcastle were just very sloppy and the Spurs were far too open. There was far too much space for Newcastle to just run through, which Joe Willock highlighted when he came on and scored towards like, the Newcastle end. had 4xG. Like, they are shit. Like, four? I think they've had like four yeah, all season bad. up until this point. They are. Do you have to divide Newcastle's XG by about 10 when they've got Joe Linton up front, though? Like, Joe Linton's scored or have you know? <laughs> I know, I know. That's what I was going to say. This is really like, poor from yeah, Tottenham. Joe Linton's, Joe Linton's got four or, four or six Premier League goals. I think one might be Premier League, one might be all competitions for Newcastle. And two of them are against Tottenham, I think. That's atrocious. <laughs> They are worryingly bad. Like, is if Jose Mourinho doesn't win the League Cup final, he should be straight out of there. I think he'll win it though. So it's chill. He'll get battered four 0 It's going to happen. For a pebble start for like eighteen centimeters, he's not going to win. Well, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why we think City aren't going to win. They got a win in the week against Dortmund. Well, and quite frankly, I don't think they deserved it. What was it? Two one. It should have been two all. Jude Bellingham was absolutely robbed of yes, a goal that he fully deserved. For sure. I think City had a lot of clear-cut chances that should have been put away. I mean, Dortmund aren't doing well on the moment, mainly because of Haaland, who still hasn't scored in many, many games. I want to say it's something like three, 400 minutes. Really? He got the assist for Royce's yeah. goal. Sounds though. like Cap. He scored twice in their game before the international break. Since the international break, they've played twice. So it's probably it's probably including Norway games. Oh yeah, yes, that, that was it. It was club and country. Yeah, I don't think he scored. He didn't but score you, in the international break. But yeah, I mean, what Jude Bellingham kicks the ball is kicked by Edison. And... The thing is, VAR can't overturn it because the ref blew his whistle. I think VAR needs to be given more power. No, I don't think I don't really, think VAR stuff like can that. ever. If a if a whistle if the whistle's blown, VAR can't be like, oh, the game should have played on. There's no way you can make that work. The ref should have let it go, but VAR can't do anything there. It's obvious that in this specific instance, a pragmatic application of the rules more loosely would result in what should have happened, but you have yeah. to apply them universally and rigidly because they are the rules, which is unfortunate in this context. The the last the last English team in uh, the Champions League that we need to cover is Chelsea, who got a convincing win away as well against Porto. And that's what we have to talk about. I think we've got a guest in the waiting room. Mount's goal was nice. That's about all you need to know. Chilwell rounded the goalkeeper. It was decent. Well, we have some guests joining us now. They've come from the Ear Thoughts podcast. Uh, do you want to both introduce yourselves? You know your names, the teams you support, what you're drinking. I'm Kieran. I'm a Leeds fan, so I get a lot of hate for that, and I'm currently drinking Vimto because it's a Thursday night and I don't drink alcohol in the week. I'm Harry, I'm a West Brom fan and I'm drinking a local beer called Liska. Very nice, lovely. We'll we'll start with you, Harry, because just before you joined us, we were talking about the Chelsea-Porto game. Chelsea also, of course, played you, and what a game it was. I imagine you must be absolutely buzzing. Not not just scoring five against Chelsea, but there were five really good goals that you scored as well. They weren't like lucky ones. They were all pretty skillful. What did you make of the game? Well, the past few weeks, when I've had the notification come up saying who we're playing, it's like, well, you know, I might give that match a miss. Uh, it came, I think it was something like 25th minute, we got one of our defenders went off injured. So I was like, that's the start of it. Pulisic then scored. <laughs> then the defender that came on to place the last defender got injured. Then 45th minute came, we scored two goals. And I was like, I might watch this now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great. I, th- I think we got 8-5 on aggregate 
against Chelsea this season. Yeah. Which I take I take that as a win against them any season. Yeah, all great goals, as you said. Especially the one by Diang from outside the box. That Yeah. That was something else. Just hope we can continue it as a run, really. I can only guess you must be sort of wondering where these performances have been for the rest of the season when you come out and put together a show like that with some really good team goals to be in the position you're in now. You sort of think, well, why weren't we playing like this since September? Yeah, I mean, I can see some of it because a lot of the play was by uh, one of our new midfielders, Ikoshlu from Turkey. So we only got him at Christmas, so I can kind of see where that's coming from. But why I've not had that the past few games, I don't quite see. I think the only thing that changed was he started with a 5-4-1. Then when the defenders went off injured, switched to a 4-5-1 or 4-4-2. Yeah, I think it was 4-5-1 and it seemed to like really improve, right? Especially yeah. with Chelsea being down yeah. to 10 men, set up quite well. I thought West Brom were looking very strong before Chelsea went down to 10 men. Do you think you would have still pulled off the same scoreline had Thiago stayed on? No. No. I, I think <laughs> we were strong stronger than them before the first goal, I'd say. Whether it would have continued through the game if they had all eleven plays. My heart says yes, my brain says no. Yeah, because what confused me about the game was your defensive injuries and the substitutes you had to make meant that you put an extra man in midfield, more or less. Yeah. And then that combining with them taking a man out of midfield as they got a player sent off so that Tuchel could stick with the 5-3 at the back just really turned the game in your favour and I didn't understand why Tuchel stuck with that system for the entire game. No, he seemed to sort of pick up on it towards like the back end. I think the 70th minute when they got their second goal, he seemed to sort of pick up on it and changed a bit. Um, and I, th- I think it's now Robinson's got five goals in the Premier League and they're all against Chelsea. All against Chelsea. <laughs> The, the other goal he scored against Chelsea was for Sheffield United, who maybe could have done with a bit of Callum Robinson form last weekend as they lost to your team, Kieran. I think I had rather a lot to drink, but I did watch it. And Heckenbottom after the game was full of some crap, I tell you. Say, <laughs> saying that we were on our last legs. He's full of shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've ran the most in the thingy, and he's telling me that Sheffield United are bottom of the friggin' league have got us on our last leg he's up his own arse. I mean, and, and to be honest, I thought their goal was was pretty lucky. The ball into the box took quite a deflection to make it to whoever it was that scored. So, I mean, I don't think it was a particular display of skill from Sheffield's part. I think it was a lucky deflection, and if it hadn't been for that deflection, they didn't look like scoring at all. Yeah, I think one of our biggest issues is often we do play... We do have periods of the game where we are, we are just really we're playing well and we're dominating the ball and yet seemingly we just don't seem to take advantage of that and it does come to bite us in the ass that to to be newly promoted this year and 11th at the time of recording in the league isn't isn't really too bad but they've just had lots of really high scoring games it's been i would have thought a really good return to the premier league for you it is it's really enjoyable to watch because you go into it and you have no idea whether you're going to lose 4-0 or you're going to win 3-2 so I mean, the first couple of games of the season showed that. It was 4-3 against Liverpool, then it was 4-3 against Fulham. Yeah, I was going to say I'm glad we've got a Leeds fan on because Bielsa comes up under a lot of criticism online, right? For no fault of his own because all the pundits seem to lick out his arsehole every week and <laughs> go on about the attacking style of football he's playing. But I'm assuming that as a fan, you'd rather have that than, say, 
uh, hoof it long and just see if it sticks. Yeah, I mean, we, we went through a period of having some... We went through so many managers so quickly. Like, and with the, there was... We had Warnock. That was a depressing time to be a Leeds fan when Warnock were manager. But, I mean, I just think this, it's nuts because going forward, we do look quite a threat, especially on the counter-attack. But we leave, we attack with such ferocity that we leave such holes in the back and we do just get teared apart, torn apart by the teams that just have a better quality of player. Not to try and bring you down when you're celebrating a win, but you've got a pretty tough run of games coming up. You play both Manchester's and Liverpool in the next few weeks. Do you... Do you think you'll be able to pull pull some magic and no, some that attacking play out to, to produce against any of <laughs> not those? Not a chance. I mean, the Manchester's maybe not, but Liverpool have been iffy at best at the moment. I mean, beating Arsenal, losing to Real Madrid. I just don't think there's any pressure on us now. We got forty two points. We're over the classic threshold of forty points. I can basically, if we even if we lose, I can just sit back and enjoy it because I'm not going to be stressed if we're losing to Sheffield. I, I was listening to your podcast and you described it as. Correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, just stuff you talk about in the pub. And what's on everyone's minds at the moment... I know if I were down to a pub watching a match, I'd probably be looking at England players, wondering if they were in good enough form to get in the squad for the Euros. And that's what you said you'd like to discuss with us. Yeah, so the last podcast we recorded was on Tuesday, and we spoke about... My issue with the England eleven, right, is that there there are certain positions where I just see quite a lot of good players, and I really think that Southgate's going to struggle to choose like one player. I, I see, I quite like Foden, right, and I see him play, and he played well against you know, against Dortmund, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that, I quite like Grealish as well, even though I'm a Leeds fan. With right back, you've got Walker, Trippier, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James. You've got quite a lot of decent players, and I really don't know how he's going to narrow it down to one. Yeah, I think I said the same thing a few episodes ago on our pods that he's sort of blessed and cursed at the moment with having a lot of really good young English players. The thing annoys me the most is right back, right? Because I think, as you just mentioned, there's, you know, Trippier, Trent, Walker and James as like all really good contenders. But I don't know how Trippier's got a sniff. He's not really played for the last 10 weeks. He'll be unfit because he's just been like, had the gambling ban. And Trent has been like, he has been one of the better players for... Yeah, I sensed a controversial statement coming up there. <laughs> you not watch the recent games, are you? Oh, yeah, apart from that. Ir- irrespective of what happens the rest of this season, if we're just playing a flat-back four, you'd imagine Carl Walker starts right-back, right? And then, do you just look for better personalities to have around the squad? To be fair, that is a reasonable point. Like, you don't want to take someone who's going to bitch if they're not playing. Like, Eric Dyer is like, I don't know, he's like a poison, like, you should just just get rid of him. Yeah, I would. Give him I to would Portugal. Like, that's that's not how international oh, no. teams work. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I think you could have. There's a lot of better choices. They could have concert Michael Keane. We've discussed the England squads quite a lot over the past. But should we turn this over? Times. Should we turn this over to our guests and sort of say who's who absolutely has to be on the plane for you and who should be steered away from it with a 40 foot barge pole? You've got Pickford, Pope, Henson, and then Johnston was included in the Euros because Pickford was injured. Now, if you look at them realistically, Henson is a great goalkeeper, but doesn't get much game time. Pickford has his days, but does make a few mistakes in recent games that he's played, and he's still injured. Pope's good, but he is playing for Burnley at the bottom, but he would still be the best choice out there. 
But then you've got Johnston, who statistically is better than Pope with the amount of saves he's got. The question I have, though, is that is that statistically better with saves because he's a great keeper? Or is that because your defence is wank? You're going to be making more saves if you've got a lot more shots coming yeah, is at Is it like a save percentage? Like, he saves a lot of Yeah, you might, have, you might have, like, not England players, but, say, like, Edison or Allison, who might go a game without making a single save, but that's because they haven't faced a single shot. It's interesting with Pope, isn't it? Because... I, I do quite like Pope. I think he's quite a good keeper, but his distribution has not been the one in the last couple of games. The only thing that Pope looks like he should be distributing is like shit weed and like a BMX. But I take it, Harry Johnston, the the only West Brom player you're holding out any hope of getting on the plane? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, for England, definitely, yeah. Calvin Phillips really impressed. Didn't he in the last international break? Yeah, he's little Le- Leeds-born and bred man, isn't he? He's, the, he's, the thing is about Phillips, yeah, he's, I, I, I do really like him. But I think with England, particularly, although Rice has got a knee injury now, doesn't he? This was one of the debates when I was looking at the options for an England squad. It, I was assuming that Rice and Henderson are going to go. And then it's what you want from the rest of your central midfield options. And I sort of, besides number 10s, thought it's between Phillips, James Ward-Prowse, who I quite liked in the last set of games, and Bellingham. No, I'd pick Ward-Prowse over Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham's still only 17. Yeah, it's like what we were saying earlier, wasn't it? What do you bring in from a a second-choice player? Because Ward-Prowse is Southampton captain. Yeah. But on the other hand, Bellingham's someone that's definitely going to play for England in future tournaments. I mean, Do we just bring him in for a I, bit I of experience? I think Bellingham definitely. Like, if, if you watch him play, he plays someone like who's you know far beyond seventeen. And James Rob. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I re- I really highly rate him as a player. I'm just not sure if bringing him to a, if making space for him in this squad. I think it, it depends for the Euros parents, this year. It depends whether his parents give him permission to fly. He's going to have to get yeah. like, the school trip form signed off. James Prowse is all right, but really all he can do is whip in a free kick. Like he's not. He's got some banging free kicks there. They are good, but it's but not like... just free. I mean, he plays some good balls that are... he plays some good balls during open. Yeah, play. but like, you also you might as well just have like one of those like, like you know like goalkeeping training machines that just fire a ball at like a hundred miles an hour. Like you might as well just have that like. Play... But Gareth can't take a goalkeeper training machine. <laughs> saying, you might as well... That look weird on our starting eleven. <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mount, Mount Ryzen XE3P47A, good. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then you're effectively down to nine men because you're, you've taken up one slot with the machine and you've got someone else to carry it around the field and set it up in the position you want it. The, the only yeah. issue with the machine is it's not that mobile, to be honest. Yeah, it's a position on the edge of the box. I can't I see it sliding down the wing. You do have the awkward point of having to ask the entire team. Wait a minute, just got moved the machine. <laughs> Line it up. No, one more minute, one more minute. It's like when you go it's down in the middle office. of a game to tie your laces, you just got to shout at the ref. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, Let me just open the wheels up. And yet another England squad conversation on this podcast is now time to bring back a version of our favourite game. It is guest versus host, just 59 seconds. I'm going to hand over to Matt, who will give a quick explanation of how this is going to go down and run us through it. Yeah, okay, I've not got you two guys on a wheel or anything to see which of you goes first. I'm hoping one of you wants to nominate yourself to play first. Dib's not going first. 
Alright, I can't argue with that, right? We move. Okay, so, Kieran, first, as our guest, you will speak first. Are you familiar with the unrelated but surprisingly analogous um, BBC Radio 4 game, Just a Minute? No. <laughs> oh, basically, I'm gonna spin a wheel of our names and you'll be up against one of us, uh, talking for 59 seconds about a topic. Um, so you're up against James, and the rules are you have to talk for 59 seconds about the topic that comes up on my wheel spin without repetition, deviation from either the truth or the topic that comes up, or hesitation, which on this podcast we use quite leniently. Right, I'm spinning the wheel for topics. You need to say that when you get... If you make a mistake, it switches to the other person. Yes, that's a very and good point, James. And then they speak. Yeah, so basically, you start talking, if, yeah. and I'll time. And then when you make a mistake, I'll stop the timer, and it'll go over to James. Right, so I've spun the wheel, and the topic that you two, Kieran and James, are going to be talking about for 59 seconds is John Terry. Your 59 seconds starts in three, two, one, go. So John Terry was a centre-back who played for Chelsea and one of the only things I can really remember about him is that he made a move on somebody's wife. I think it was Wayne Bridge's wife. And he played for England and he was quite a good centre-back, but he was part of a team which at the time had quite a lot of good players, quite similar to now in that we struggled with who we should pick in different positions. Uh, Terry was also, I think he might have been captain of Chelsea at one point, but to be honest, I've never really liked him because obviously being a Leeds fan, Chelsea is kind of a hatred. Now he's also an assistant and I think he's assistant or he might be just a coach at Aston Villa. So again, a bit of hatred, but at the back, I kind of forget who he played with, but there was checking goal and he did play quite well. And I often think when playing FIFA, oh, why hasn't John Terry got an icon card? And I think that maybe it's due to the fact that he obviously made the move on Wayne Bridge's wife because he's a bit <laughs> of a legend. We're over 59 seconds. Uh, hang, fuck, hang, fuck, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Repetition of going back to Wayne Bridge's wife. <laughs> that was once we were over the yeah. timer. Like, oh, oh, that was okay. impressive. Well, it's, it's, that was impressive. It's not a, it's not a good start. We've never had anyone go the full oh, really? nine seconds. A hesitation <laughs> yeah. in the first five seconds now, before Harry, it was TV. You. Yeah, you should have gone first. <laughs> and the next person, Harry, we've got either up against you for round two. The people's... Ch- Watch out. Do not make a mistake because this man is an absolute machine. For the next two of you, Harry and Ivor, with Harry starting first as our guest, you'll be talking about Kevin De Bruyne. On my count, three, two, one, go. Kevin De Bruyne is, of course, a very touchy subject. Of course, you can say his name in different ways. You've got Kevin De Bruyne, no. You've got Kevin De Bruyne. You can miss out the dirt in the middle. If you're German, which is the interesting fact, if you're German, or in Germany, Deutschland, dirt means dirt. So it could be Kevin De Bruyne, or Kevin De Bruyne. I'm going to say it's a deviation from the truth. (laughs) I don't want to be a bellend, but in German, there should be an R on the end to make it dirt. Yeah, dirty and das are the German thers. None of them spelt the same as that. To be honest, given that he's Belgian, it might be dirt in Flemish. I haven't got a clue. We're going over to hear Ivor's lovely tones. 
on my count. Three, K two, e v one, go. So Kevin De Bruyne has recently just signed a two-year contract extension at Manchester City, taking his contract up to 2025. This has been after an extended period of time with City, where he has been quite frankly excellent and has won uh, the most assists in the Premier League last season with 20. Previously, he has played for Chelsea, where he was rather underwhelming and was loaned out to Germany multiple times. He played for uh, Wolfsburg, although that wasn't his first. Deviation um, from the truth. De- deviation from deviation from the truth, as we've already discussed. Either that's Wolfsburg, not how it. No. <laughs> and you just said Germany. You can't. They yeah. can't sell him to the national team. <laughs> I thought he played in Germany. Um, yeah. You said he was sold to Germany. He was sold to a German. Oh, yeah, shut up! That's not deviation. Yeah. That's so <laughs> different. That's, that's, that's literally how the game. <laughs> I, you never said that. You did not. He was actually loaned to Werder Bremen. He was loaned to oh, Werder Bremen. So I was about to say that, but I couldn't remember the t- club name. I knew it was a green one. <laughs> but instead, you said Germany. Oh, shit. You couldn't remember right, the club name, so you substituted in Germany. <laughs> no, I said Wolfsburg. So Unfortunately, Harry, I'm not going to tell you how long you have left to make up. But it is back over to you. Uh, please don't repeat anything that either you or Ivor have said so far. Three, two, one, go. Kevin De Bruyne is still obviously a very good player. Uh, he's won multiple Man of the Matches, multiple trophies. Uh, he's won the league several times. We're over 59 seconds. Oh, Congratulations. Oh, it's a clean sweep. At least you got to speak. Harry, when you okay. were going through the ways that I had to pronounce it, I was dying. I was actually dying. <laughs> and you didn't even go over Martin Tyler's... I think it's Martin Tyler. His, yeah, his controversial Kevin De Browner pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you both very much for coming on and entertaining our lunacy and playing our silly games. It's our pleasure. Um, before you go, do you want to give us a quick review of your local beer and your Vimto? Well, it's almost empty. It's alright, but it gets me a bit gassy. That's how I go. Excellent. And finally, do you just want to plug your podcast as well, obviously? Thank you for coming on. Uh, thanks for having us. I've been Harry and that's Kieran. Uh, you can listen to us on the Ear Thoughts podcast out every Monday on all popular podcast platforms. Uh, and if you don't get tired of that, you can also listen to our other podcast, Coffee Shop Best Bits Podcast out every Saturday on all popular platforms. And if you're not tired of me already, you can listen to me on 382 Radio every Thursday evening from 6 till 7, every Friday evening 7 till 10, and every Sunday midday from 12 till 1. Thank you very much again, and we will be joining you on Ear Thoughts in the near future when we can nail down a date that we're all free. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much to Kieran and Harry from Ear Thoughts for coming on. We're moving on now to a section that seems to have named itself Shit Talk. This is the bit where we talk about some vaguely football-related topic, and our topic this week is football conspiracy theories. We've got a few that we found ourselves, a few that have been sent in to the Instagram But I wanted to start with one that I actually came up with uh, myself. I wondered if the league positions for all the leagues every year were paid for by each club. So, like, they have, like, a big bid, like an auction, and they have to pay for the league position they get. So, like, Sheffield came up to the Premier League last year and obviously, like, blew their budget on coming ninth and now can't afford any better than last place. And Liverpool have been saving up for... 30 years to be able to win the league and now they're only going to finish 7th. Yeah, Liverpool are famously poor, aren't they? 
I mean, I just think you're wrong. And on to... And on why to they, they, they only have uh, why don't they just play a Sunday League team and then buy for Do you know what they thought? They were like, do you know what? We could spend £35 million on getting a higher league position, but I think we'll buy Andy Carroll instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. They have, to, they, have to, they have to keep buying players and stuff to sort of keep up the charade that it's all a... <laughs> All a real competition. You think Mike Ashley's gonna if Mike, if Mike if that's true, like Newcastle would be like fucking ninety fifth out of the ninety four teams in the football league. One of the conspiracy theories I found that was sort of related to the one I'd come up with is that the Champions League draw is fixed and that they use Ooh, vibrating yeah, balls there's a lot to make of, sure. Um, lots, lot of talk well, about that. Isn't there? Yeah, the when I found this, it said it was based off of I think it was Porto started selling tickets to a match I want to say against Liverpool, however many years ago. But they started selling them twenty four hours before the draw had been announced, and when the draw was announced, Porto were playing Liverpool. And the same thing happened when Liverpool played Real Madrid in the final, uh, the semi final. The tickets were out on like UEFA's site. All the fixtures were released, and it was like Liverpool Roma, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and then the day after that was like the day before they were like twenty minutes, and then that was the actual draw. I'd also heard some some sort of theory about them being put in ice or something, so they're colder, mm. so some of the teams are cold. And you yeah, yeah so I was going to say, this this yeah. came up on the Peter Kraft podcast recently. I don't know if we're going to leave that in, because we might not want to promote our competitors, because he'd <laughs> done an FA Cup draw relatively recently at the time, and uh, they were asking him on that, you know, oh, are, are there heated balls? And he said, no, of course not. But obviously, that's what he would say. You know, the FA, the FA have him on their payroll to toe the line. The FA and Betfair. Is it Betfair? I don't, know which, I don't know which bet company Sport. is he does. And the Peter <laughs> yeah. Crouch podcast. Is it Bet365? Is that the one he's on? There was one about Barcelona always getting good draws as well when they were sponsored by UNICEF because it looked good <laughs> for UEFA to be associated with a charity. Fair enough. I can understand the logics behind Barca that. Barca scammed through against Chelsea just because UEFA wanted the Messi-Ronaldo final. It was a fucking disgrace in Drogba's words. That was actually the biggest scam I've ever seen. Chelsea should have had like four penalties but didn't get any and then lost. Yeah, I think they drew one all at home which meant they went out on away goals because the first leg had been nil-nil. One of the submissions we had which I thought was a very good, good idea was uh, that... The first coronavirus lockdown just happened so that they could build a lasagna in Wembley Stadium. I had a slice. It was very tasty. They actually did build a lasagna. It was really this, good. This lasagna chat better stay in. You, with you lot talking about lasagnas, I had Lasagna Gate, which, if you're not familiar, was from the 2005-2006 season when Spurs were in fourth, just ahead of Arsenal, and they were going to play West Ham, and all they had to do was beat West Ham, and they would finish above Arsenal for the first time in, like, forever in 2005-2006 I think they seem to do it all the time now but they all then came down with a sudden ridiculous stomach bug and they were all like vomiting and shitting oh. everywhere yeah. and there oh. were a lot of there was a lot of talk that the chef had been an Arsenal supporter who had been put into like deliberately undercooked food or poison it or something to give their first team the, the squirts I mean it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they could just all get food poisoning but it's also perfectly plausible that they some well, I mean, it makes sense off that to... a team that eat a meal together, if one person gets food poisoning, everyone does. Yeah, no, but... no, but I mean, no, but I mean, it's perfectly possible that it's just an accident and they'll get yeah. food poisoning. But it's, it's also possible that you pay off a chef to not, give an or not even just pay off. Like it could be yeah, vigilante chef just does it if they're fan cool. action where the yeah. chef is an Arsenal fan in your in in your instance, and they've decided to poison all the Tottenham players that are staying in their hotel. 
Well, to be fair, also, I don't know if this is even a conspiracy theory anymore or just fact that there were backhanders in Qatar getting the World Cup in 2022. Oh, that's that's surely it's, it's, fact. It's nailed on, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Qatari um, footballer? When Pep was at Barcelona, uh, the, their their tactics and like the way they passed the oh, ball yeah, and shit was were coded messages to Syrian gun runners <laughs> that were fighting in the revolution. <laughs> I don't. I'll be honest. I can't really elaborate any more on that because I don't understand any more of that. But somehow yeah, I, I someone claims that someone somehow someone claims that the, the, the Pep's tactics were coded messages to Syrian gun runners on how they should like get their way around. It was something about the way they like position themselves on the field and pass the ball and the routes that they should take through Syria or something they like made, that. They like, graphics strange. of a map of Syria and then like a passing view of what was happening. Yeah. No, but one that one that one that you sent into the chat that I didn't want to bring up. Griezmann's got three kids, all with the same birthday. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. I saw that. That's fucking mental. That yeah. is mad. What is this man built of? Because uh, it's it's exactly nine months on from his birth his birthday, so he must just shag at the exact same time. But but how are <laughs> none of his kids being born like twenty four <laughs> hours either even, way? Even so so yeah, you get the kids early in May. Fucking hold on, no. <laughs> If I was, if I was there, like, hold on, hold <laughs> on. I'd be going to hold it in. Just fucking hold it in. I'd be getting the getting the doctor to shove a block big bar up there. In. Just keep that baby in there for twenty four hours. Christ. <laughs> just cover it with duct tape. Imagine if it's born. Imagine if it was born. Imagine if it was born at like eleven fifty nine, and he's just going, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> One minute! He named his daughter today after Geordie Alba. Oh, are you kidding me? She's called Alba Griezmann. Oh. I think it's time that we uh, that we took off our tinfoil hats <laughs> and moved on to a new but segment this week. I don't want to be week. hit by the rays. <laughs> uh, the new segment this week, it's called the, it's called the Eric Dyer Award, and it's... Uh, it's a time for us to discuss the players that we don't think have performed uh, very well this week. I've got quite a few on my list, so I think we'll save my ranting until you've all come up with some actual reasonable arguments. Trent on a stinker. He was shit. All right, basically, he assisted Asensio. Asensio does not play for Liverpool. He plays for Real Madrid. I've got, yeah, I've got one more player who's not been mentioned so far, and that's Shkodran Mustafi who, back when we actually cared about him and he played in this country, uh, would have been in line for this sort of award much more regularly. But um, this week I saw him pop up in the news because he was left out of the Schalke squad for their last game for, in quotation marks, sporting reasons. Um, And it's come out since that he's apparently fallen out with the new Schalke manager. I thought I'd give a summary of his... Uh, his Schalke career since January when he moved. He's had six appearances and zero wins. And in that time, the manager that signed him has been sacked and a new one employed, meaning that Schalke have set a new Bundesliga record for being the first side ever in that league to have five managers in one season, which is quite impressive. He's apparently not going to be playing for Schalke again. And so he's, that's not he's great been there all of him. 20 minutes. Yeah. Fortunately for Schalke, though, they only, I believe, signed him on a short-term contract at the end of the season. I've also put Leno on for the 3-0 loss against Liverpool. 
It was mainly for Salah's goal. I think it was their second goal. It was completely mugged off the tiny gap that Salah managed to slip it through in his legs to score that. Oh, yeah. And the ref from the Man City Borussia Dortmund game, I think, deserves to be on the list because it wasn't. I mean, it was. It's mainly because of the Jude Bellingham goal decision but there were, I think there were some other questionable decisions in that game as well I just can't remember what they were off the top of my head I think that's it for uh, for the Eric Dyer award for this week which means our last section as always is a game and this week it's a new game it's called I Can't Help Falling in Club with You oh, I, came up with, <laughs> I came up with it myself as really shit um, oh no and this is this is how it's going to work I'm going to read out a player's club history you will then get a point for every club I've had to name before you make the correct guess when you guess correctly the other two get two extra points to however many points you've scored because they lost and you will get a point every time you make an incorrect guess as well so don't just guess players randomly i will tell you if it was a loan club as well i'll tell you if it's a loan spell right round one monaco thierry Henry. but a mat <laughs> round two bocca juniors fucking hell well done either <laughs> Right, round three. Disgraceful. This is this this might be the worst game I've come this might be the worst game I've come up with. Bournemouth. Aaron Ramsdale. Nah, he started at Sheffield United, you fucking moron. No he didn't. Well I was Did I he? got a point for he that. Right. Bournemouth, Liverpool. George Knight. Fuck, he's not at Wickham. No. That's another point he for the other way. Finally I've found one. Right. Very stinky. Bournemouth, Liverpool, Spurs. Okay, Bournemouth, Liverpool, Spurs, Southampton. Peter Crouch. No, Ooh, no, he started. Bro, he's played um, for all those clubs. This GPR. is the last. This is the last club as well. So it's, it's Bournemouth, Liverpool, Spurs, Southampton. That's this player's career clubs. That's all of them. Can we get a clue? Are they playing or retired? You, they're retired. Aaron Lennon. No, never mind. I take that back. No, no, that's dumb. That's no, you stupid. don't. That's You've got so dumb. <laughs> Jamie Redknapp. Yes, I'm. <laughs> Who did he say? Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Oh, I, don't have a fucking so that's I was thinking the fucking pundits as well, and then none came to my mind. This is the last round. Nottingham Forest. Roy Keane. No, no he's in Ireland, you moron. Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield. Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield, Bristol City. Ben Davies. No. Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield, Bristol City, and then Luton Town on loan. David Beckham. Loaned. No. Are you delusional. <laughs> I know he played for some shit were... club at some point, but I think it was Yeah, but a loan. from United, he went yeah. on loan to a couple of teams. Yeah. Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield, Bristol City, Luton Town on loan, and then Millwall. Also, just to point out, since when was David Beckham from Nottingham? Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield, Bristol City, Luton Town on loan, Millwall, Watford. Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney. Troy Dini, fuck you. I got it first. I cleared that first. Right, that's point. That's points for all of you. It's not Troy <laughs> Dini. <laughs> Nottingham Forest, Chesterfield, Bristol City, Luton Town on loan, Millwall, Watford, Northampton Town. Oh, fucking who the hell's this then? Caparisa Belaga. No. <laughs> point. That's a shame. <laughs> I had faith in either. Is that all their clubs, James? That's all the clubs that they played So it's a manager. For. Sean Dyche. No, well Burnley. done, Matt. Nah, I was going to guess it. It is Sean Dyke. This is Cab because he played for Burnley. That's the end of that. 
the the scores. Matt's won with 18 points. I've got 22 points and James, you got 24. And that concludes this episode of 44 Brew. Please get in touch via our Instagram or our email if you want to share your opinions with anything we've said or if you want to appear on a future episode. We just have time to do our beer reviews or drink reviews because James was drinking Smirnoff straight from the bottle, weren't you, James? Yes, but I'm such a hardened alcoholic, it tasted like water. <laughs> Um, how was your... Uh, Carlsberg Cull. It was actually really nice. Like, it was very good. If you were to give it... If you were to give it a rating out of ten? Uh, better than Carlsberg, out of ten. There's... <laughs> That's not what I was looking for, but okay. <laughs> Matt? Um, yeah, I really like my Bacchus. That's a butchering of the pronunciation, no doubt. But surprisingly did taste of cherries. If you If you do check out our Instagram, you'll be able to see a picture of my bottle. I would definitely recommend picking it out. I was having the Camden Hells. I wasn't optimistic when I opened it, because I thought it smelt pretty bad, but actually it tasted really nice. I'd give it a good uh, 7 out of 10. Thank you very much for listening. If you're listening on Spotify, please do subscribe. I think you might be able to subscribe on Apple as well. Um, We'd also like to give a big shout out to On The Terrace Podcast. Me and Matt will be joining them on their next episode. Uh, Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Bye.